In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen. How many of you like unity? Sure, we all like unity. We love unity. Unity is a word that is very popular and hot today. If we have unity, things are going well. If we have unity, people are getting along just fine. If we have unity, it seems like the future will be rather bright. Let's say that you and I, every one of you here today, after church, after everything that we do here today, let's say that I'm going to take you all out to brunch. The elders approved it, don't worry. I'm going to take you all out to brunch to eat. Why? Because human beings need to eat. And as we sit down, all hundred of us or whatever there is here today, to sit at breakfast, I am going to order for you what you're going to have for brunch. Eggs, sunny side up, with a side of fried liver mush, some rye toast, some bacon, and coffee. How many of you are unified with me? Yeah. Some of you will say, well, there's no fruit, there's no vegetables there, Pastor. I would much rather have the hash browns than the liver mush. If you don't know what that is, you're missing out. We talk an awful lot about unity, but when it comes down to unity as human beings, we are severely divided in so many ways. You go to Burger King or Chick-fil-A, and there is a massive menu, and you can have whatever it is that you want to eat your way. Even though all of us are unified in that we get hungry, we need food and sustenance in order to survive, but even then, even with your own family, we can't agree on what sauce do we dip our nuggets in. There is no sense of true unity here on earth. And it's the same thing with the church. There is no ethnic church today. There is no German church, no Norwegian church, no Nigerian church, no Samoan church, no black church, no white church. There is no ethnic church according to God's divine plan. In a few moments, you're going to confess the Nicene Creed, written in the mid-300s, where we confess what we believe in the one holy Christian and apostolic church in Arkansas, in a place that was built 80 years ago with a bunch of Germans and others who has a Latvian American pastor now preaching to you in the 21st century. Do you see how we divide ourselves? Do you see how we divide ourselves up by all of these things? Do you see how everybody in society wants to divide you today? If you examine our liturgy and our hymns today, what we sing and you'll pray, we find that these things come from all over the world and throughout all time. Well, that last hymn was from Luther, Pastor, and he was in the 15th, 1500s, and so he was a white European man who gave us that hymn. But then there are also other hymns that we sing from St. Augustine and St. Athanasius, who are actually African. The creed that we speak in the Nicene Creed comes from the Middle East. There are so many things that we follow in our liturgy on a regular basis from St. John Chrysostom, who comes from the same area of Africa. It is one of these things that we might look at this in the 21st century today and put everything in our own little boxes 
This is white, this is European, this is what this is, this, this, and this. And yet we don't see the overlying unity amongst all of these things. We like to separate it all about. That is because all of these things that belong to you today are given to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Jesus' kingdom, there is no room for ethnic or racial division, whether it's in the church or even in our communities. Those lines have been taken down by the one common denominator that you and I have. What are we all unified in? Oh, we breathe oxygen? Yeah, of course we do. Well, we need food and drink? Yeah, of course we do. But we can't even agree on everybody's oxygen content today because if we use one of those little meters, you'd see that various people have different readings. And as I just showed you with the brunch idea, we'd all have our different things. What are we unified in? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us will die. Great! Fantastic! I feel so motivated now. On this Pentecost Sunday, pastor got up in the pulpit and said, we're all going to die. Call the news. This guy's crazy. But it's true. The grave is what we are unified in. And yet, no matter how many times people want to talk about unity today, this was the big issue for the early church and it is the big issue for the one holy Christian and apostolic church. Our divisions and our lines have been taken down by Jesus' resurrection. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism that is real. Baptized into the faith, eating one food at this altar, living and breathing one life given by one spirit. This was the biggest issue that the early church had to figure out. Were they allowed to segregate by their ethnicity? Or was there some sort of ranking system in the world? Were Jews allowed to be seen with the Gentiles? And what about men sitting next to women in church? What about the slaves and the free people? What about the circumcised and uncircumcised? Could they all be unified? The world will tell you that it can't work. It won't work. All of the movements that we see here today tell us that we just can't get along. So we need to build our own boxes, our own camps, and do our own thing, and force others to accept it and love it, and don't you dare say a thing about it, even if it is sinful. When the Holy Spirit is given on the 50th day after the resurrection of Jesus, 10 days after his ascension into heaven, Wind rushed in, tongues of fire appeared, and an amazing thing that happens we see in unity. It's not that these guys are sitting there and now saying, blah, 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 and everybody is sitting there saying, I don't understand what this guy is now saying. And they are certainly not saying, oh, wow, they truly now have the Holy Spirit because they're uttering weird languages. There was unity because you find all of these people from all over the kingdom of heaven, as we heard in Acts, were together in Jerusalem, and as one disciple is saying blah, 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 somebody from one ethnicity is understanding. 
And as another disciple is saying, blah, 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 in another language, there are other people who are understanding. Do you see what unifies them? It's not even their language. It's not even their humanity. It's the gospel. They are speaking to us wondrous things of the kingdom of heaven and the gospel. When the Holy Spirit is given, people from all over the world were there. Parthians and Medes, some of these people groups had already been extinct and conquered. Look them up. But there they are, gathered by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, our great high priest. And this is a very different thing from what we try to do and what we try to do today. What we heard of in the Tower of Babel. We have tried over and over to make ourselves into gods, to build a tower to the heavens, to say that we're unified by somehow, some way, to sit where God sits. But the reality is, is that we don't trust God. The reality is, is that I am my own God, and so are you. That's where we find unity as well, in our disunity. If I get into an argument with you, I'm going to tell you that you're right. Really? No. I'm going to tell you that you're wrong, and I'm going to fight tooth and nail until you realize that I'm right, even though I'm probably wrong. Our selfishness, our self-centeredness is where we find ourselves unified, but yet is the worst thing that divides us amongst ourselves. The people with the Tower of Babel tried to build this tower that was flood-resistant to make sure that they could reach the highest of heavens and become just like God. And yet God says, no, I can't do this. I'm going to throw a wrench into the well-oiled machine. I have given a promise. I have given a covenant. And we even took our own common language amongst people to use it against God. And he, in turn, scatters everybody with various languages. But here on the day of Pentecost, one of the three feast days in the Hebrew calendar, the harvest festival that celebrates the giving of the law, God gives to his church unity. He brings us back together as brothers and sisters in Christ. You should have no enemies in here today. Of course, you can go out there and act like you have enemies. You can go out there and hate your neighbors for what they've said or done or how they've behaved. You can set yourself up in your own little camps politically, demographically, socially, or whatever else it is. And in the end, it's not going to work out very well for you because you'll just end up firing rockets and slander and hatred toward one another. And in the end, not only will we not be unified, we just won't be happy. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that over the last couple of years? Have you ever really talked to somebody that is really happy? Like, hey, I'm, I'm happy. I'm actually happy. I'm happy to be doing what I'm doing. I'm happy even though the world is going to hell in a handbasket. They're rare and they are few and far between. That's because I'm never happy unless I'm getting my own way. 
This is why I need the Holy Spirit to cut me down, to tell me that I am sinful, to tell me that I need to repent of my sins and that I do not have the best interests of God and my neighbor and in mine. But to deny this gift of the Holy Spirit that it has been given, to deny that I have been reborn in baptism, that all my sins have been brought to Jesus' cross and crucified, to deny the fact of what I receive here at the Lord's table is to deny God and the unity that he brings to you this day. Well, if we just had this pastor, the church might be a little stronger. If we just did this pastor, it might be a little bit better. If we just talked about or did things this, that way, or whatever it is, we might find there's a little more unity. There's an old joke of a man who dies and goes to heaven. And St. Peter is walking with the man around heaven and showing him a variety of places. And as they come upon one little room, St. Peter says, shh, quiet. We don't want the people in there to hear that we're out here. And as they walk by, the man looks at Peter and says, who are those people? And the man says, those are the Lutherans. They think they're the only ones here. <laughs> we can even do this in the church. Luther and the Reformation never wanted to say that if you speak Sprechen Sie Deutsch, that if you sing German hymns, if you're white and European, you have unity. Luther didn't even want to call the church the Lutheran church. He wanted to call it the evangelical Lutheran church, the evangelical Catholic, Lutheran, Catholic church the united Lutheran church around the word of God. Luther even says over and over again that where the word of God is rightly preached, where the gospel is rightly preached and the sacraments are rightly administered, there you have Christ and his church. And it does not always matter whose name is on the sign or what name is on the sign because God will work to bring unity where and when he pleases by his word. We gather together here, knowing that we have our divisions, knowing that we have experienced the divisions of life, knowing that there are even other Christians around us that we are divided from, but the only solution, the only way to peace, the only way to end all of the wars, the big ones and the little ones, to turn our swords into plows, is through Jesus and his forgiveness and his giving of the Holy Spirit. And as I just showed with the kids, it all starts right here. You've come in from a week of division. Today you are unified around your confession of faith, hearing that your sins are forgiven, reminding yourself of your baptism that you've been given, and coming to this one table to receive this one bread and this one cup this one flesh and blood from this one Savior who heals all of our divisions, who heals all of your sins and divisions against God and against one another. Being forgiven, you now are unified as children, no matter whether you are here or far off. In the end, it is God who brings us together, who calls us together, not just simply as members, I don't like that term with the church. 
but as a family, the familiar day, brothers and sisters in Christ, gathered around one Lord, one Savior, unified around one feast of victory. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.